Welcome back to Look Who's Talk and Merry Christmas, everybody. The Chiefs are ready for the Super Bowl push. They've already beat both teams in their way. It's looking like Bills Houston. I could circle those wagons. And Marshawn Lynch is back for the game of the week. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the microphone. Straight from the top of my dome. Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever you were fucking celebrating these past few days. I uh, hope you had a good time and hope there's leftovers. Cause throw those leftovers on a piece of bread, pour some gravy on top of it, open face sandwich, giddy up. Uh, that's a good time. So yeah, uh, wherever you are in the world, ni hao, priviat, hola, bonjour, and vanagam, which I still think maybe Sri Lankan for hello. Uh, yeah, thanks for being a look who's talker. Uh, remember, if you're downloading, just remember to please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. means a lot to us. Uh, share it with your friends. And keep being an active Look Who's Talker. It's our third season, our 66th episode, which is crazy. That's 66 hours of uh, Hugh, Hawk, VOG, and good God, Weird Mike. That's a lot of hours uh, of Weird Mike. Uh, a lot of fotch. He was one-on-one on one on his uh, smash and sprinkle, a.k.a. the gambling donut. He's stuck on the 401 in between uh, Montreal and Toronto right now, so he'll be joining us just for picks later on in the episode or possibly just with a video that might scare the shit out of you uh, on Instagram. Remember to follow us on Instagram, at Hughes Talking. And for those of you who already do, well, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. It was a crazy week in the NFL, uh, week 16 never really disappoints. There's still a lot of important games. The Cowboys, as I predicted after the podcast, as soon as we did the podcast and we were making our pools ticket, I was like, yeah, we're going to go with Dallas. You know, this one kind of hurts, but we're going to go with Dallas. I swear to God, as soon as we stopped recording, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about Dallas. <laughs> and that's when, we, uh, that's when we changed up our pools ticket. If you follow us on Instagram, we both ended up playing a pools ticket because we couldn't really decide. I wanted to take Philly. Weird Mike was hard on Dallas, which I think cost him a bit. And not as much as Jason Garrett, because as you can see in between his doing nothing, saying nothing, and spitting throughout the game in Philadelphia, uh, he's definitely on his way out. If he could resign, I think he would. I feel like his wife is not even letting him sleep on, in the bed anymore. Basically, I'm embarrassed to be your wife because everyone just talks about how you suck and how you're going to get fired. And good God, when I make a bad meatloaf, don't clap, okay? The meatloaf sucked. Just let me fucking know it. And let's put a game plan in place to make the meatloaf better. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do as a husband and a coach. And you don't do either. A couple of predictions for you. Uh, Urban Meyer will be the Cowboys coach. Lincoln Riley, he's too young. This is Jerry Jones is too old. He doesn't want a kid who's going to learn how to sort of do it. Urban Meyer, sure, he's up in the NFL, but he's helped four college programs turn it around in like a year. That's what he needs. He needs someone to come in, take this incredible talent, minus quarterback, and uh, just get a couple more wins. That's all you need to do. Won't be hard to beat the expectations next year. Just get a couple more wins. I think Urban Meyer's the guy to do it. And I think Dak Prescott will be franchised. And he will definitely regret not taking the $30 million a year that was offered to him over the, over the span of, I believe, five to six years at the start of the season. He bet on himself. He's got a really greedy agent. I'm not sure of his name, but I was reading this thing on SI.com about him. And uh, yeah, really greedy agent. And I think this greedy agent might cost him, and he's going to be uh, Kirk Cousins into a franchise tag of quarterback, especially if they get a new coach. This new coach doesn't want to tie his fate to Dak Prescott and his mediocre arm. Anyway, ignore the stats, folks, okay? 
Ignore the stats. This, this doesn't matter as much as you think. Ah, uh, Huck, how was your uh, how how was your Christmas, buddy? Christmas was good, bud, as always. Yeah. Yeah, hanging out with the family and just taking some time to chill out. Did uh, Did Kristen make Willow wear any sort of Willow's Huck and his girl's dog? Was Willow dressed in any sort of Christmas gear? There was uh, one piece of Christmas gear. <laughs> I knew it. They had some sort of scarf or bandana. Or right, right. I think dogs, when they're wearing clothes, are just the funniest dogs ever. Like, they just give you this look, even if they like what they're wearing. Like, I'm sure Willow did. Willow looks like more of a Kristen-type dog. Like, oh, it's a nice Christmas scarf. Yay. Uh, they still give you this look. Like, yeah, hey, I like it too. But it was forced upon me. <laughs> I cannot put this scarf on by myself. I don't have thumbs. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's good to hear. You know what's funny? I was in Walmart just doing my classic, like, Christmas Eve, Christmas shopping, like 4 or 5 p.m. And I'm humming to myself, as I'm sure a lot of you, uh, a lot of you look who's talkers are, humming to yourself some Christmas music. Because uh, it's Christmas. It's on half the radio stations you're accidentally listening to. And as you get older, folks, you realize you don't really change the radio station too much anymore, especially if you're driving like 10 to 15 minutes. I remember, I, you know, in high school, whatever, I made sure I had Eminem just pumping. <laughs> now, I sometimes remember to turn on sound. <laughs> Do a lot of drives just silent. Maybe that's something about getting older. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I swear to God. Sometimes I remember to turn stuff on. I'll listen to like The Herd or Straight Out of Vegas, a couple of my favorite podcasts. But uh, yeah, sometimes just nothing. <laughs> Anyway, I'm in Walmart, and I'm humming to, my, humming to myself some Christmas music, and you'll find that you hum some pretty dumb shit to yourself uh, during the holidays. Like, I'm walking through Walmart, and I'm like, calm before the king, pa-rum-pum-pum. What the fuck am I talking about? You know? Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum, rum-pum-pum-pum, rum-pum-pum-pum. Admit it. You've all... Been saying those words to yourself in the past week. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? Come before the king? Anyway, there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, just something. That, and you kind of giggle to yourself. And those are funny moments in your life when you're alone and no one else knows why you're laughing. And you just giggle. Like, uh, like every single time you're looking for your phone and it's in your hand. <laughs> Happens to me quite a lot. Uh, one other thing I realized over the holidays... Saw some scalpers out uh, in front of a game. It's 2019. Why the hell are we asking fake questions in front of arenas and stadiums? Let the big the people in big coats just ask the correct question. You don't need tickets. You have tickets to sell. You're standing right next to the police officers. This has all been uncovered like 30 years ago. Yep. The guys that are saying they have tickets, or sorry, need tickets, actually have tickets. And they've been confusing stupid people from the suburbs for decades. All right, there's StubHub, there's Kijiji. Good God, it's over, all right? Let the scalpers ask normal questions. This is really weird. Who's got tickets? You do. You have tickets. And I'd like to buy some. Hi, welcome to Earth. Can we just have a normal fucking conversation? Uh, imagine weed was like that, you know, like you were allowed to sell weed. 
but like like back in the day, now it's legalized. But like you had to ask the fake question, you know? Like some guy outside the mall, like, hey, looking for some weed. <laughs> oh, you mean oh, you mean you have some? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, if it's legal enough to sell, just let people talk about it. Okay. Uh yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Hugh picks are hot. We're 51, 39, and 3. Yeah, last two weeks, we are 9, 2, and 1. Uh, back to the kind of hot, you know, middle of the season that we had. And uh, yeah, 51, 39, 3 for the year. Let's Farvin go. Now, you got to be careful week 17 because there's teams playing for nothing. There's teams that shouldn't be playing for nothing, but they actually are. And there's a lot of different... Uh, levels to this week 17 motivation. And it's easy. I hear people saying this all the time. Oh, I don't know. They're, they're not playing for anything. Well, that's not necessarily the case. They have careers to worry about. There's a lot of different factors on a 53-man roster uh, with coaches, general managers, a lot of stuff going on. Even owners wanting better ticket sales. So I'm not saying they're... We're absolutely taking advantage in this week's picks of teams playing for nothing. Uh, but we hope to be able to sort of shine light on the true teams playing for nothing as opposed to the teams that you might not think are, but actually are. So an interesting truth of the week coming up. Uh, Huck, I can see your mustache whiskers flared up. Interesting to hear about it. Uh, college bowl season going on. Uh, you might not have realized that because the bowls are fucking awful that are on right now. In the, you know, who gives a shit uh, car rental sales quarterly bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, nobody freaking cares except the teams. There's not even people in the stands at some of these games, but uh, the trophies are nice, and you can bet on them. And uh, in one of the more important bowls that's coming up, the Peach Bowl, we got Oklahoma LSU. Now, this is an NFL show, but I just want to give one pick away because I've seen this happen in college football so many times in my life, and I just smell it. I see it coming. Oklahoma's a 13-point underdog. Okay, a 13-point underdog. Oklahoma's one of the best offenses in the league, and LSU's defense has just started playing well these past few weeks. But they actually weren't that good of a defense at the start of the year, and they haven't played anyone quite like Oklahoma. They played Alabama, but even Alabama's offense isn't quite as explosive. Also, Jalen Hurts, the Alabama transfer, who's the quarterback of Oklahoma, on Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma offense that has been to the Final Four you know, two times in the last three years with Baker Mayfield and uh, Kyler, guys like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Landry Jones. This Oklahoma team, this is not a, too big of a game for them. In fact, they are more experienced. Like, literally, the guys on the roster, not just their program, with games like this. Jalen Hurts, the forgotten man, the other guy in this uh, Final Four. Apparently, listen to this, it's a real thing. They had all these jerseys lined up to showcase the Final Four, and they had Trevor Lawrence's jersey for Clemson, the quarterback, projected to be number one two years from now in the NFL draft. They had uh, the Joe Burrow, quarterback for LSU, of course, projected to be number one draft pick this year, uh, given to Cincinnati after losing the Burrow Bowl. Andy Dalton did everything he could to win that game. They were down by 20 points. He came back basically by himself, and I said that. The one guy that could beat Miami last week was a spiteful Andy Dalton. And he almost did it, that son of a bitch. And Twitter was lighting up 
with every Cincinnati Bengals fan, just like, please stop. Like, seriously worried, scared. Anyway, uh, so they had a Joe Burrow jersey. And they had uh, the Ohio State quarterback's jersey. But they had a Baker Mayfield jersey for Oklahoma. That's how forgotten of a man Jalen Hurts is, who's had, you know, a Heisman-like year at Oklahoma. Was a Heisman finalist but just got burrowed by this burrow mania that swept through. Now, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's going to have success in the NFL, but his athleticism isn't quite up to par with, you know, someone like Jalen Hurts or even Kyler Murray. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of a slightly less athletic quarterback and how he succeeds. Now, getting back to this game, LSU, they're not used to this type of hype. Joe Burrow, he's literally planning his NFL future, kind of already, even if he doesn't think he is. Everybody knows he's going number one. Parents are starting, you know, family members are thinking about moving back to Ohio just to support him while he's on the Bengals. A lot of stuff going on in this man's life. And I don't think the number one priority is uh, outscoring Oklahoma in the upcoming Peach Bowl. So I don't, I'm absolutely taking up Oklahoma, minus 13 and a half. And I will, uh, I'll take Oklahoma on the money line as well. I've seen this happen before. Big games. The number four team, 13 points is too many. Urban Meyer's Florida Gators were 14-point underdogs to Ohio State, and they smoked them. College football is weird. It's a neutral site game. A lot of stuff going on. Take the big dog, Oklahoma, and LSU. That's your bonus pick of the week. Woo! All right. Uh, the Saints have been uh, working out Antonio Brown. Hawk, do you see this? I did not see that. Yeah. Tell me about it. We're recording on Friday, folks, so he might have already signed with the team by now. I feel like if you're just seeing if he's still healthy, because you wouldn't really bring him in if you were just seeing if he was, you know, crazy or not. (laughs) You're fucking pretty sure he's crazy. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, that type of social media behavior, the the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like apologizing at 11 a.m. and then 3 a.m., you got a picture of yourself with a guitar saying hashtag no white women 2020. What the hell are you fucking talking about, man? So the Saints already know he's crazy, but they want to win the Super Bowl that bad. They don't care. They don't care. It's like uh, you really want to take this super sexy girl to prom, but she's absolutely psycho. You, know, you don't ask her to prom a month before. You, know, you tell her that somebody dropped out of the, got sick or something, and a day before the prom, you, hey, you know. Come be my trophy on the dance floor. Well, uh, if you have Antonio Brown and the Ohio State receiver uh, on, on the Saints, what's his name again? The number one receiver this year. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. If you have both of them on the field at the same time with Drew Brees distributing, good luck stopping that. And that's what uh, Peyton's thinking. Is Brown allowed to play? How well, does that work? Okay, I read into this a lot. So basically, the Saints are bringing him in now because if they sign him after this game... Uh, so after their Week 17 game against the Panthers, then he, the speculation is that he'll immediately go on the commissioner's exempt list because you can't be under investigation for sexual assault, either whether it's a civil suit or a criminal suit, uh, and play in the NFL at the same time unless the NFL looks into it and finds there's kind of no due diligence. Now, the NFL wasn't really going to even do this if no NFL team signed him. They kind of let the whole thing play out. And then, you know, they could clear him or not clear him based on the next team signing him. But if he never signs with another NFL team, well, good God, he's just like me or you. Like, they don't really have to investigate this. He's just unemployed. So 
it kind of forces the hand of the NFL to somewhat do an investigation notwithstanding. However, this investigation could take way longer than the playoffs. So it's more like you bring them in, you sign them, and then you let the NFL do their investigation. Now, the other thing that's happened since he's been charged in this civil suit by this, uh, by this woman, they came to a deal where Antonio Brown was apparently going to give her $2 million just to sort of shut the hell, heck up about all this because it was a he said, she said, totally. Uh, and then on the day of, his people had organized this whole contract. On the day of, he said, no, I'm not giving her anything, and then countersued. Again, because maybe of CTE, this guy's gone crazy, and he's literally Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He might have made the phone call in the morning to be like, hey, let's get this figured out. You know, I want to play in the NFL again. I'm normal. And then like three hours later, he shows up with a fur coat and like a purple mustache, and he's like, I ain't signing shit. No, no women, 2020. I'll make love to myself. God's plan. <laughs> anyway, so basically, as a for instance, the Saints could sign him, wait for the NFL to clear him off their exempt list, and they could get him for like the Super Bowl or something. Unlikely? Sure. But the Saints are like, why not? We bring him into the facility, we sign him, he gets suspended. He can't even be here to be a distraction. You know? We tell him with one social media post, he, you know, he's gone, which he probably will do anyway. And then, whatever. But maybe, maybe he smartens up because he wants to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's really no risk. Not really. If you're not worried about the reputation of it all and just talking heads, you know, maybe bashing you for it, which I don't guarantee Sean Payton doesn't give a fuck about. He just wants to win that ring. Giddy up. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm sure AB might let you know about this on his crazy-ass social media. I almost want to unfollow him just to kind of not support this shit anymore. It's literally lost his mind. All right, another news. Marshawn Lynch is back. There's a video going around that he got out of this like da like Dazone or Dazen Escalade that was full of Skittles. I, I I swear to God, I saw that a couple months ago. So I think that's just that was an ad. But he literally gets out of this thing like full of Skittles. Uh yeah, it you know, good for the league, pumped about it, nothing really to say. And they the Seahawks have injuries to two and a half of their running backs. So it kind of just makes sense. Even if you I hear a lot of speculation on whether he's still beast mode or not. They need a running back, and he's more than capable of being above average. That's all they really need. They signed him? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he signed. He's back. He's practicing. And it's been, like, the last time he was on the team was 2015, something like that. So a lot of Seahawks players, besides, like, Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, like, and like maybe one or two other guys, they've never seen him before in, like, in their dressing room. So could theoretically, like, Gronk still come back? Uh, if, if these two other guys are doing it, yeah, can he do it? Too? I don't like the Patriots keeping that in their back pocket. I don't know. Two things. One, I remember hearing two weeks ago that that was the week where he could only come back that week, and then he didn't. Instead, he released some video that he's having like a Super Bowl party in Miami. Uh, I don't know, but one thing that comes to mind is that I don't think he's coming back. I, you know, Gronk. I think he'll regret that. I think one day, years from now, because let's say Tom and the Patriots lose to the Chiefs in the divisional round. Could very likely happen. The Chiefs just beat him three weeks ago in New England. And I would, in fact, take the Chiefs in that game. Uh, I think you'd have Tom meet up with Gronk and be like, wow, you know, like the, maybe they're, you know, some banquet or whatever for, you know, rich football people. And Tom just looks at him. He's like, man, it would have been nice to get that seventh one. 
you were all we needed. You know, and then Gronk's there and he's like, Whoa, like sure, there's a couple of unfun weeks of football because Belichick's not fun. Maybe would have got a little banged up. But man, you know, one more ring. And he literally he's the missing piece. So I think he'll regret it. Say yes in life, folks, okay? When you're on the fence of maybe, but your gut's telling you like the 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 reward is so good and the risk is minimal. Good God. I, 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 I like bringing Marshawn back, especially a healthy Marshawn for the playoffs. Definitely helps the Seattle's offense. And uh, yeah, I think Gronk will regret not coming back for the Patriots because it sounded like the whole team wanted him. They didn't even really fill his role. It's like if you break up with someone and like eight years later, they're still not dating anybody. And you know, constantly messaging you. Uh, yeah, they were hoping you'd come back. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. We're going to get to our Hugh picks really soon. Chandler Jones has 19 sacks for Arizona Cardinals, and he could break Michael Strahan's 22-and-a-half sack single-season record that he did it with the New York Giants before he retired. Uh, Chandler Jones, I used Chandler Jones as an example when we were dissecting the Khalil Mack trade last year. He was the sack leader at the time for New England. And entering into his prime, and yeah, New England let him walk. Not paying you. And here we go, Chandler Jones over the past five years, since he's four years, he's signed with Arizona, the sack leader of the NFL. Sack leader this year, might win defensive player of the year. How's Arizona done in those five years? Shit. Doesn't really matter, Okay. Sacks don't really matter that much. They're fancy. They look good on stats for defensive players to get big money. And you can celebrate after. But they don't really matter. It is oftentimes the equivalent of a false start penalty, minus the down. You know, we're talking five-yard loss. Sack fumbles, sure, they're great. But unless that's literally your forte, uh... Nah, it's not worth $200 million. And that's what Belichick figured out. I want pressure. I want run stuffing. I don't need sacks. Think of the Patriots' sack leader. It doesn't matter. There isn't one. They don't really get them. They don't even try. They want to block the gaps and push the quarterback out of his comfort zone. That's it. So, uh, yeah. If you remember one thing from this episode, okay? Remember. <laughs> Scalpers should be asking normal questions. It's 2019, and sacks don't really matter. That's two things. That is two things. Giddy up. Uh, all right, looks like it's going to be Bills Houston in our Remember the Titans section, Huck Daddy. So one of my favorite things about the Remember the Titans section is how it's affected our music at the end of the show. Past few weeks, you've been getting Remember the Titans music or, or the football orchestra music, which I fucking love. So if you're wondering why we're getting that so much, it's because literally that's what I shower to. Okay? It's very triumphant. Yeah, maybe Christmas music this week. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I missed that last week. Yeah, yeah. But not pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Rum-pum-pum-pum. Rum-pum-pum-pum. And you're in your car, you're just banging your knee. Don't come be. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? But you've all done it. So the Bills are pretty much, they are, they are locked into the fifth seed. Yeah, so the Texans are almost locked into the fourth seed. 
They need the Chiefs to lose at home to the Chargers this weekend, which I don't think is going to happen. And that's the actual, that's the one game that the NFL hasn't necessarily scheduled in the, the, the same grouping. What the NFL tries to do on week 17 is have all the games that affect each other, either in the 1 o'clock set or the 4 o'clock set. So you see a lot of full divisions not playing until 4 o'clock uh, so that they all somewhat, so that you get this guaranteed good gameplay rather than one team realizing that they don't need to set, necessarily play all their starters uh, in the 4 o'clock game because in 1 o'clock you know, their chances diminished or disappeared. However, there is one game where this is not the case, and that is the Chiefs playing at 1 o'clock versus the Chargers, and then at 4.25, the Texans and Titans playing. So the Chiefs beat the Chargers. The Texans cannot move up to the three seed, so they stay at the four seed, which isn't necessarily something you care too much about anyway. However, it's the difference between playing the Bills and possibly either the Titans, Steelers, Raiders in the sixth seed. So... It's a weird one because Bill O'Brien, the coach of the Texans, is, hasn't, he's been kind of cagey all week about whether he's going to play a lot of his ailing starters. Deshaun Watson's got a back issue. Uh, Carlos Hyde's somewhat questionable. DeAndre Hopkins, questionable. Kenny Stills, questionable. Fuller's been hurt the last few weeks with a hamstring injury. Their entire offense, Laramie Tumsil at offensive tackle. So no matter what Bill O'Brien's saying, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, I, I think the Titans are going to steamroll the Texans uh, in Houston because Kansas City is going to be winning or have already won the game by the time kickoff happens in Houston. Suddenly, Bill O'Brien announces, why are you going to play Deshaun Watson? There's a whole argument that you don't, if you can eliminate the Titans now, do it. But that's not your responsibility. For you to actually play the Titans... Uh, it's a lot of crazy things have to, hap- to have to happen in the AF- AFC playoff picture. Are the Titans eliminated if they don't win? I don't think so. I think they could lose, and then the Steelers could lose. Yeah, I think the, the Steelers have to win, and right? the Yeah, and the Raiders, too. Yeah. So if the Titans lose, the Steelers lose, and the Raiders win, most likely they're in. They need a little extra help, too. Whenever you're looking at tiebreakers, it's fucking crazy because... It actually is a lot more simple than it seems sometimes, but they always give you this extra option of if the teams tie in the game, like if, you know, if Pats win or tie, blah, 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 blah. They should literally just put the actual tiebreakers in just wins and losses, and then at the bottom of the the paragraph, just put, by the way, if any of these teams tie, it's all fucked. (laughs) It would make it a much easier read. But yeah, Titans right now are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and that's come down from five or six, literally because the Texans have not announced that they are, st- are sitting anybody. But I believe by game time, they will announce it. Especially Deshaun Watson. If he gets hurt, and you're already a coach that's sort of been on the hot seat on and off for the last five, six years, kind of somewhat underachieving with this talent level. If Deshaun Watson gets hurt, how do you... That's almost a guaranteed win for the Bills. Right. Right. Wow. Didn't even think about that. Whole bunch of Bills fans hoping that the Texans play everybody. Play everybody. You're all idiots. I, I think the Bills are going to do... Are, 
the Bills haven't had a buy like game going into the playoffs. I think really since I while I've been in puberty or above. So the ability to have ten wins already to have a, a the fifth seed locked in. Why in God's name are you going to play the Jets in this tough divisional game with all your starters? I think the Bills are going to relish in this opportunity to actually joke around on the sidelines. The fans, they don't care. In fact, I bet they'll be happier. The hometown fans, are the Bills fans are smart football fans. They don't want you to win some nothing game against the Jets. They want everybody healthy going into a playoff game against Houston. So I think the, I think the Bills will rest everybody, even though they haven't quite announced it yet either. And I think, uh, I think by kickoff time, Houston will too. Man, the, the, 14, they got off to a 14-point uh, advantage last week over the Saints, Huck. And, I, and the Titans, even though they weren't really fighting for anything, I thought they would have had it. Oh, they got me way too excited in the <laughs> first quarter. No Derrick Henry. No Derrick Henry. Can't run it down their throat. Yeah, up 14, all you want to do is run that guy. And when he's not playing, that's an issue. Oh, my God, man. What a, what a ginormous human being. Ginormous. Like, they show him on the sidelines, and he looks like a Marvel character. Oh, biggest guy of all time. Oh, my God. Imagine getting one of his knees to your chest as you're trying to tackle him. So, I don't think a... It's hard to win in the NFL by accident, okay? And when Derrick Henry's charging at you in a game that doesn't matter, yeah, I think you're more inclined to get out of the way. And that brings us to this week's Truth of the Week! You might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Truth of the week, folks. And I love that music, too. That's courtesy of Huck Media, by the way. Follow them on Instagram. Them on Instagram. Uh, at Huck Media. All right, the truth of the week, folks. It is hard to win in the NFL by accident. It's hard to win in the NFL when you're not trying to. It's a physical game. Can't just jog down the court and jack threes and they might go in. This is a, it's a tough thing to do, especially against teams that are trying to win. And what we're going to try to do for you this week's Truth of the Week is point out the differences between teams that aren't playing for anything but will still, are still playing just as hard versus the teams that aren't playing for anything and are already making summer plans. Okay? The Detroit Lions are not playing for anything, and they are not trying to win. Making a successful NFL franchise is kind of like climbing a mountain. And uh, the NFL, or the, the quarterback, is like your, it's like your gear. And if you don't have the right gear, you know you're not going to make it to the top of the mountain. So how hard are you really climbing? Now, if you have a quarterback that you believe in, it doesn't really matter what, especially if he's young, it doesn't really matter where you are on that mountain, or it doesn't matter if the playoff chances this year are gone. You're trying to keep building something for the future. For teams like Arizona with Kyler Murray or teams like Denver, the Denver Broncos with Drew Locke, they believe they might have found their young franchise quarterback. In which case, everyone needs to be trying super hard to better prepare this quarterback and the team as a whole to enter into the offseason, enter into next year, uh, you know, not firing on all, on all cylinders. I kind of hate that expression. But putting the best football forward that you can because you might have found something. So the whole spirit of the locker room is ignited because you might have your quarterback. It's that much of a quarterback league. 
The Lions are playing a backup quarterback who is not their future. Okay? Matt Stafford is on the IR. They might need to start thinking about drafting his replacement soon. But regardless, Mr. Blau or whoever the guy is, he's not their future. It's week 17. Don't get hurt. Okay? If you're a free agent, you need healthy free agent money. And even if you're if you're somewhat hurt, I mean, good God, you know, don't make it worse. This is, there's a real human element to week 17 in the NFL, and it's important to look through the cracks and find out really who's trying to play or not. Now, the Buffalo Bills, I mentioned this before, they're locked into the five seed. They haven't been locked into anything with a game to go, literally since the Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas era, which I bet a lot of you look who's talkers don't even remember. You just hear about it occasionally on AM 550 when Bills and radio guys reminisce about the good old days, okay? Which is some of my favorite shit, too. Uh, The Bulldog, what a beauty. The Bills work their ass off to win football games. They are one of the hardest-working football teams in the NFL. When you rest your players, when you rest your starters, you can't actually rest everybody, okay? And it's kind of this slight, if you are a starter for a team that is resting their starters, but you did not get the tap, you actually still have to play. How hard are you playing that game? When you are basically being told, hey, we're just short on guys, we would sit you, that's how much we care about this game. You don't even need to play, but we need to sort of put someone in that role. We don't have these extra outside linebackers. Uh, just don't get hurt. So you now have the excuse to play worse football. The film review, you're not going to be chewed out because you could literally say, hey, I was going to make that tackle, but yeah, I wasn't really in the safest position to make it. And good God, we were already down 17-3 in a game we didn't give a fuck about. You know, the whole crowd's just singing during the commercial breaks because Buffalo's so happy to be in the playoffs. Now, they're against the New York Jets, a team that minus a mono stint early in the season, they've actually been playing good football. They just beat the Steelers last week when they were trying to win. The Bills will not be trying to win. And when the hardest-working team in the NFL uh, isn't trying to win, it's going to be tough for them to win. It's like a girl who's not really that attractive, but she really works her ass off to like look great every morning, you know, either with a collection of makeup, a great outfit, and perfectly done hair. Well, when that chick's hung over, man, you know, suddenly the hardest working girl in the room, you know, should have put a little more time in this morning. Or guys, I don't mean to be sexist here. Uh, if you're a guy and you work your ass off to look good and you take a day off, everybody notices. Wow, that's a weird hairline. Uh, anyway, so. Remember to look through the cracks. Denver, trying to win. Trying to put forth their best football going into next year so that they have an even better understanding of what Drew Locke, a Drew Locke-led Broncos team is going towards the playoffs. Then one more example. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Ravens. The Ravens are pulling all their starters, especially all their veteran starters. The Pittsburgh defense is a hard team to beat when you are trying to win. The Steelers beat them by a Uh, the Ravens beat them by a field goal earlier in this season that was solely based on a uh, fumble by Juju Smith-Schuster. And that was a full squad of Ravens. So yeah, the Duck didn't look good last week against the Jets, but I'm betting, uh, I'm literally betting, that against the Ravens this week when the Ravens have literally waved in the towel, 
it's almost like, like they don't want to win. When teams are resting guys full on, it's like they don't even want to win. Because once you get down by two touchdowns, you can literally make it a preseason game. Even guys that are in there trying to like just fill roles, even they aren't necessarily trying hardest because you get hurt in that game and your, your agent's just reaming you out on the phone. What were you thinking diving for that fourth down interception in week 17? You just cost us $5 million. Never forget the NFL's a business, folks. Winning's good, but being healthy is even better. All right, that was this week's Truth of the Week. Remember, uh, look between the cracks. Uh, if Try to figure out which teams are actually resting pl- players. The Minnesota Vikings just announced that they are resting Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins, which will probably lead to a, a host of other starters, including Kendricks and Barr on their defense. And look for the Bears to destroy them this week because they're just trying to look better so that their coach doesn't get fired. And that's going to lead us right in. To our you picks. You. All right, Obi Trice. Real name, no gimmicks. This song is called the setup. I love it just as much as you guys do, and it fuels our picks, fuels our fire. I got, I got honors this week. Weird Mike was one on one on his gambling donut, and uh, well, he's stuck on the 401 westbound. So what are you going to do, bro? I'm taking out the big dog and hitting this one down the fairway. We're 9-2-1 and one in our last two weeks, 51-39-3 and three. And, uh, for the season as a whole. All over the Packers on Monday Night Football. Okay, it's a quarterback league. Never forget that. Okay, first pick this week. We are taking the New York Jets plus one and a half at Buffalo. Yep, I don't think Buffalo is going to start Josh Allen. I don't think Barkley and uh, already... Okay, Bill's offense is going to put together the type of game that's going to beat the Jets when they're playing everybody and Buffalo isn't playing everybody. So if Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold happen to randomly sit this game out, I'll be taking this game off my picks. But if it's Sam Darnold and a full uh, squad for the New York Jets against Buffalo, and I believe they're sitting people, then I'm taking the Jets plus one and a half. I'm taking the Chicago Bears minus three at the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the one thing that scares me about this game is that I actually like the Vikings' backup quarterback. So just pay attention to that a little bit. But if they're resting all their starting linebackers, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, I don't think Minnesota... Hey, again, you almost want to lose this game. And the Bears would love to end the season on a good note. they got like literally the worst offense in football. It's an offensive-minded coach. That spells trouble for off-season meetings. Mitch Trubisky, I'm sure he'd love to have like a five-touchdown performance that doesn't fucking matter, but isn't that his career? So look for the Bears to shit-kick the Vikings because they've just announced they don't care about winning, and it's hard to win by accident. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks plus three at home to San Francisco. This is Jimmy G's first road game in Seattle, okay? It's like the Superdome in the rain, okay? Now, he did pretty good at the Superdome. The Superdome. Uh, against the New Orleans Saints a couple weeks ago. But you've already lost to the Seahawks once this year. Got the Seahawks at home for a chance to win the division. Yeah, Russell Wilson's done this before. And I think Jimmy G's going to struggle with the noise. It's supposed to rain all day there. Might not be raining during the game. Just not quite the San Francisco football that I think they want to play. And uh, in a sloppy one, I'm getting the home team plus three. Love it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch... 
I'm not saying he's going to have some 125-yard game, but I think his 78 yards and a touchdown will be enough to cover this spread and win the game outright. We're taking Seattle at home. It's a Russell, Russell Wilson party in the game of the week, and the Seahawks win the division. And, yeah, enjoy it. All right, I'm taking the Tennessee Titans for my producer, Huck Daddy. Minus three and a half. I think this spread will go up probably in like the five minutes that you'll have in between the end of the Chiefs game and the uh, the start of the Texans-Titans game. If I'm Bill O'Brien and I've been coaching this team for six, seven years, whatever it's been, and I got this f- chance to go in as the division champ to the playoffs, going up against some teams that I've already beaten, challenged, what the hell am I doing playing Deshaun Watson in a game that doesn't matter? Texans fans will understand, okay? Let the Titans roll because they're going to be coming full steam ahead of you. And you got the Incredible Henry. How about that? Instead of the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Henry charging right through you on second and five. Are you fucking stopping him for nothing? Good God. That's a knee that could just crush your sternum. Anyway. Again, I don't, I don't like the motivation for this game for the Texans, especially because they get to see if they can move up uh, once they watch the Chiefs play the Chargers earlier that day. So I'm taking the Titans minus three and a half. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two at the Ravens. Steelers, again, this is that where that time differential doesn't matter because they're only looking at the Titans game. Chiefs game doesn't affect them. The Titans game and the Pittsburgh Ravens game are kicking off at the exact same time. So in Pittsburgh's mind, they need to win against the Ravens to try to get that sixth playoff spot. Titans are kicking off at the same time against the Texans, and I think Pittsburgh's just going to go full out anyway and try to beat their division rival Ravens, who are playing RG3 at quarterback. They don't have Mark Ingram. Earl Thomas is sitting for safety. I believe a couple other starters as well. This sounds like a Baltimore party, whether they win or lose. And that's just fine with the Steelers. who only need to win by two. Take it. Love it. They'll run the ball all day. And I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus seven and a half. Now, this hinges on if Kyler Murray plays. He's questionable. I believe he will play, but that's not with any fucking insider knowledge. Like, I'm not weird. Mike just saying, rumor has it. You know, he's going to play. I've read every injury report I can before recording this show. And he's questionable. Bordering on probable, but uh, when you have a hamstring injury, you never really know with this stuff. Literally, you can either run or you can't, and you'll feel it. So I think seven and a half is way too much. I don't care what Coach McVay says about the Rams this week. Uh, they are heartbroken. Their playoff chances should still be alive. The Vikings lost, <laughs> but you blew it against the Niners on that randomly blown coverage when Garoppolo hit Emmanuel Sanders in the final minute. And it's your own fault. And coming from the Super Bowl down to not making the playoffs, that's a fucking disappointment. Again, the human element's real. They got an old O-line, and Jalen Ramsey's not playing for the Rams. I got the more athletic quarterback. Yeah, taking Arizona plus 7.5, 100% if Kyler Murray plays. Stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram. I will uh, re-release our picks on Sunday morning. Woo! You! All right. Recording. From somewhere along the 401 West, possibly in a stall, a bathroom stall in the Gananoque Casino, maybe at some unfortunate Tim Hortons where he's going to be screaming into his phone, Uh, maybe in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, I don't know where you are, 
But I know whoever can hear you hates this. <laughs> Let's go to Weird Mike with his gambling donut. All right, all right, all right. Weird Mike live here in La Belle Province, Montreal, Quebec. Wishing all of the Look Who's Talkers. Hope you had a great Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you're into. Hope it was awesome. Uh, congrats, Jeff, on a killer week, man. Five and one. Smoking down the stretch. Uh, weird pick. Smash and sprinkle. Gambling donut. One and one last week. Cashed in on the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, that happened. And the alt line happened. And missed out on the over at the uh, Houston-Tampa game by a touchdown. I don't know how that insanely didn't go over, but it, it didn't. And I am now 9-10 and 10 on the year. Two more picks coming at you in just a minute. Week 17, one of the tougher weeks to handicap with injuries and players sitting and whatnot. But uh, it's as weird as a week as there is, which means Weird Mike's going to shine. But before I get to the pick, I want to shout out the newest and youngest Look Who's Talker on the planet Earth, Lincoln James Herniak. Yeah, that's right. Weird Mike's little cousin, Lincoln, born to Ryan and Dahlia, faithful listeners of the show in the West Island, Montreal. Congrats, guys. And uh, as soon as that baby can hear, we put an episode 66 in those ears. <laughs> Congratulations, guys. And to the rest of the Montreal crew who supports us, we appreciate you. Cousin Al, Cousin Rich, Uncle Tommy, the whole gang. Uh, much love and support. All right. The pick. Smash. Gambling Donut. Smash. The Bengals. Plus three at home. Versus the Cleveland Who Gives a Fuck Browns. Cincinnati Bengals. Plus three at home. Dalton's last game. In Cincinnati, they cinched up the number one pick with the Burrow Bowl. Cleveland checked out. Nothing left to play for. Nobody wants her. Nobody wants in. Freddie Kitchen Nightmare gets out coached by the kid. And he saves his ass, the coach of Cincinnati, the young guy, and gets himself another year in the Queen City. Cincinnati plus three. Dalton's final game, in-state rival, Brown stink, lock it up, smash. Look at the money line, folks. That is going to be tasty. Uh, I th Bengals could blow them out. Could be a Cincinnati Bengal blowout win. Definitely take the points. Hundo, plus three. And we are sprinkling on the Dirty Birds, ATL. Uh, a lot of talent. Bringing the coach back, locked up, and they are Pickham at Tampa Bay, famous Jameis, and the Wenches. Pickham, Dirty Birds, Sprinkle for my final regular season pick of the year. This is going to be the pick that propels us over 500 and begins a playoff hot streak like you've never seen. Dirty Birds, Pickham, riding the momentum. Matt Ryan wants the mojo. Julio wants the record. Famous, probably going to throw another four picks. Uh, division rival for second place. Means something to them. Proud franchise. Beats a team that they've been beating for a decade. Sprinkling Pickham, 
on the Dirty Birds ATL, smashing the Bengals at home uh, versus Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchen Nightmares. And uh, as Hugh alluded to earlier in the episode, uh, Dallas uh, definitely cost Weird Mike a few shekels, a couple of lumps in coal, and some socks here in Montreal. They weren't too happy with it, especially Cousin Al. But we're going to have to continue the hashtag Fuck Dallas. That's right, folks. Hashtag Fuck Dallas. Hope the Eagles get in. They blow it up in Big D. Jerry gets a superstar coach and one last kick at the can. So enjoy bowl season. Thanks for listening all season long. And uh, Hugh's smoking hot. Stick around for the playoffs, folks. Win you some cash. Take it away. Weird Mike back live at Centennial next week. Bon an and happy new year. All right. Thank you, Weird Michael. I agree with one of those. <laughs> I won't even tell you which one. Smash, hashtag smash and sprinkle. It's not dead, Greg. Okay. And uh, for all who look who's talkers who we've made some money the past two weeks, I love getting your messages about it. And it's great. And Merry Christmas. Yeah. The Packers were a steal. Okay. All the public was on the Packers. All the Sharps were on Minnesota, but the Sharps have been wrong before. Or they'd all be millionaires. So the Sharps are throwing their money down on Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. I don't know. Maybe they don't understand how quarterbacking works in prime time. But the nerves can get you. Some people don't like public speaking. Some people do. It's a real thing. Okay? All right. Um, Huck, have you been watching any of the NFL 100 specials? I've watched zero of the NFL 100 Well, let me tell you, I've watched all of them. I like just listening to Bill Belichick talk about football. I mean, he hasn't mentioned his cheating that much, but like, you know, regular football. And uh, we've gotten down to probably the most important part of the list, I think, is the top 10 quarterbacks. So it's like the Hall of Fame of Hall of Fames. It's pretty interesting because like there's a lot of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And once you get into the Hall, sometimes you're maybe listed as whether you were a first ballot Hall of Famer or a second ballot Hall of Famer. Well, now you can just call yourself an all-timer. So Deion Sanders, he was talking about this. He's like, it's the Hall of Fame of Hall of Fames, you know? And then he even went one level further, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Eight cornerbacks or ten cornerbacks, whatever. Who's starting, you know? And uh, even, you know, asked the question even more. So at the time of our recording here on Friday afternoon, the NFL has only released two of their ten all-time quarterbacks. Joe Montana and Tom Brady, probably the two most obvious selections that are almost undebatable. If you are debating them, shut up. <laughs> You're wrong, okay? It's like climate change. It's a thing, okay? Uh, you don't have, there's some things that don't need to be debated, you know? Climate change is a thing. Hats exist, you know? Two plus two is four. Sort of the way it works. So there's fake news and there's facts which can't be debated. Montana and Brady belong on that list. Now I'm somewhat questioning what the rest of the list is going to look like, so I made my own list. And let me tell you, it was fucking hard. It was fucking hard. I left one guy off this list, and I can't believe it, but I had to. Okay, so who, start with who you left off. I left Drew Brees off my top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Wow. The guy who's resetting the record books as we speak. But in my, in my mind, it's like, I, I, I like going back to recess football, and it's like, okay, who would win at recess? You know? Now, Drew's... 
And, and imagine you could include preparation and, and, you know, hard work and all that stuff. But, like, recess football. And I just I, – I, Breeze is, like, 11 on my list. Like, he's still really good. Okay, so who, so who made the list? Okay, here we go. So we got Montana Brady. Okay, and I'm not doing this in order because the NFL Network did not do it in order as well because that would even bring up more debate. For instance, on the wide receivers list, Michael Irvin, Megatron, uh, and Terrell Owens were not on the all-time team. And there was four white guys, which, you know, <laughs> gets you thinking. <laughs> really? Four white guys. I'm not sure they're winning at recess. But uh, be that as it may, here's my list. I got Montana Brady. I got Peyton Manning, the sheriff. I got Dan Marino. I got Brett Favre. Yes, he threw a lot of picks. But he's also the four-time MVP and made throws nobody else could make. Okay? I got Otto Bond. For those who don't know him, that's okay. You weren't alive. He's from the 1960s, back when the Browns were actually good at football. In fact, they won four straight at world championships before the Super Bowl was a thing. And this guy played safety as well. So in one game, he threw four, he threw four touchdowns, and he got four interceptions. Yeah, that's right. Four interceptions. Uh, so of all the, you know, of all the, of all the old fogies, Otto's got to be on there. Tarkenton didn't make my top ten, but I respect the scrambling. But uh, sorry, Vikings fans, I didn't make it. Neither did Steve Young. Okay, so I got Montana, Brady, Manning, Marino, Favre, Otto Bond, John Elway, Troy Aikman. Aikman, kind of instead of Breeze. Terry Bradshaw, four-time Super Bowl winner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Roger Staubach, who was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback in the 70s and early 80s, who, in my mind, is better than Breeze and Rodgers. Uh, yeah, those are the guys I'd take at recess. So it'll be interesting to see what the NFL takes, but there's my 10. Montana, Brady, Manning, Marino, Favre, Otto, Breeze, Elway, Aikman, Bradshaw. Aikman, career cut short because of concussion issues. Keep in mind, uh, again, that's another reason why Brett Favre made my list. So Aikman, three world championships and just, you know, basically a, an all-pro quarterback for most of the prime of his career. But Brett Favre played at this four-time MVP level play for most of his career. Also, back in the day when they used to not protect quarterbacks. He was just getting fucking smoked. So a little more respect for Favre than Rodgers there because F Rodgers now lives under his own rules. The, the body weight on top of the quarterback rule is because Rodgers got hurt three years ago. That's insane. Brett Favre took about 500 of those hits. So uh, that's my list, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, almost done here. We got the Chiefs set up, I think, for a perfect playoff run. They're healthy, which they haven't been in years past. They almost beat the Patriots last year, but one of their, one of their defensive ends had a brain fart and lined up offside, or else they literally would have gone to the Super Bowl last year. So they know they can beat them. In their mind, they beat them in the AFC Championship game last year. They actually beat them three weeks ago in New England. And now it looks like they'll have to play either the Steelers, Titans, or Raiders, uh, in that three versus six matchup in the wild card round, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs at home. Then you got them going into New England, most likely. Uh, actually, for certain, because then no matter who the Bills or if the Bills play the Texans, no matter who wins, they go into Baltimore. 
because that's how the playoff seedings work. So now you got Chiefs at Patriots. They've already beat them. We've talked about this. Tom's missing Gronk. Andy, straight, you know, straight up. Chiefs are going into New England. Both teams totally healthy right now. Who you got? Chiefs. Giddy up. You know, Andy Reid's eating a couple extra donuts, and he's getting fucking ready. And then you got the Chiefs, you know, going against, call it the Bills or Baltimore or, the, or Texans, and I don't think they're scared of any of those teams. They've already beat the Ravens this year. How scared are they going to be of a running attack? I don't know. I don't see it. Too much experience on this team. I think the Chiefs are poised to go down to Miami, and we'll see who they're playing. Yeah, they got to beat the Titans first, though. Yeah, they do. They got to remember those Titans. Oh, speaking of which, uh, they, the Remember the Titans actual coach, Herman Boone, he passed away this week. Whoa. Yeah. One of our Look Who's Talkers sent me that on Instagram. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, Look Who's Talker, Greg McDonnell sent us this. Herman Boone, the coach who inspired Remember the Titans, dies at 84. Anyone knows me really well, I hate racism. There's not a lot of things in life I hate. I hate racism. It's just stupid. It's ignorant. Travel. Get out, folks. Okay? There's assholes everywhere. There's good people everywhere. Gratitude's international language. Just be nice to people. Uh, and I love this guy because he didn't have time for racism. He was trying to win football games. And uh, he's a real beauty. So uh, we will remember you. The original Titan, Herman Boone. Strong side. So thanks, Greg. So I think the Chiefs are ready for that playoff push. That's my list. Oh, NFL memes put out a bunch of uh, what-ifs for this year, or just what-ifs in football. Like, what's the biggest what-if you can think of? So some of the top four here. What if the Seahawks ran the ball? <laughs> like, just going back through NFL history. What if Asante Samuel caught the interception right before the helmet catch in the 2007 Super Bowl? Asante Samuel, Eli Manning threw him a gift pick. He's like the number one corner that year, and he dropped it right in front of the Pats bench. Next play, helmet catch. Play after that, touchdown, Plaxico Burris. End of the perfect season. What if Dez caught it in the playoff game, divisional round, Tony Romo's Cowboys versus the Packers at Lambeau Field. Des Bryant catches the ball and then reaches for the end zone. And in the old catch rules, was not deemed a catch. Romo's career was never the same. He got injured in the preseason the next year. And that was it. So what if Des caught it? Cowboys might have already been a Super Bowl team. Garrett gets a uh, new contract. They never draft Dak Prescott. And what if the Browns never fired Belichick? Yeah. Fucking different. Maybe Cleveland wouldn't be such a shitty place to live. Yeah, probably would be. All right. So we got a message from a, a brewery. Apparently we have some fans, Huck, of Huck's Beer Selection of the Week. So we've been invited to the Cool Beer Brewery in Etobicoke. We're going to go take an official Look Who's Talking tour there and uh, get, pretty, uh, get pretty fucked up. It'd be great. Extend the holidays a little bit before next episode. And uh, just down in Tobacco, we've been looking it up. It's got buzz beer and stuff. And uh, yeah, like weed, like beer. Sounds like a perfect PB&J sandwich for intoxicants. Here we go. Huck, as requested, what's your favorite beer to sip on during the holidays? Of course, you drink your beer. I kind of sip. So what's your favorite? What, what beer would you give to the people? Well, I finish my beer. You just, you have a couple sips. Yeah, I try to finish at least half. That bottom half's, you know... No bueno. It's the same as the top half. <laughs> no, it's not. It's warmer and I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't really have much uh, go to during the holidays. I've been to a bunch of different like family places and different holiday parties, so I'm always kind of drinking something different. So. Okay. Okay. Imagine I was sending you to a private island for the rest of your life, and you could have all you could have an, an endless amount of two fours and ice of one beer, but that's the only beer you get the rest of your life. What's it going to be? I don't know, Jeff. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's not meant to be easy. And you got five seconds to answer. What beer? Gun to your head. Uh, it would probably be that Sparkhouse one. Oh, know. yeah? Yeah, man. Sparkhouse Ale. That's a go-to. Gets the holiday thumbs up from Huck Daddy. All right. Well, uh, we'll have to talk to Sparkhouse, too. We've got to be, we'll be getting something for yeah, this. Let's, let's get them going with us. Yeah. Uh, by the way, folks, if you got anyone... In your life, or any businesses in your life that want to be uh, shouted out on a weekly NFL podcast, point them our way. We've been talking to the Battle Falls Pub about doing something, maybe even a live episode there next year, and even Duke's Refreshery down in Toronto. Stay tuned. Look who's talk. Look who's talking. It's growing. Marshawn's back. Gronk's not. Gronk will regret it. And uh, yeah, AB, you're fucking crazy, bro. But the Saints already know that. They just might want you for the Super Bowl, in which case they can just party with you one night and send you home the next day. No white women in 2020. You fucking psycho. All right. Uh, we got your gambling donut from the 401 and our Hugh picks, which are rolling going into the playoffs. Have a safe holidays, folks. I can't believe it's 2020. That's really fucked up. And white women are totally allowed. <laughs> See you later.